Hello, and welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. This is a place where I talk about natural health and holistic nutrition and wellness and biohacking. And I am so excited that you are joining me for another week. I, right before this episode, I was looking into my Saturn return and trying to figure it out a little bit, to be honest. So essentially for people listening who don't know, Saturn return is kind of a stage in your life where there's a lot of transformation. And essentially it is when the planet Saturn returns to the location that it was when you were born. Now, this usually happens on about a 29-year cycle. So the first one takes place, you know, the first Saturn return takes place around ages 27 to 31 type of idea. The second one is around 57 to 61. And then there's also a third one as well. So you kind of get the idea. And you know, a lot of people associate a lot of transformation with this time of like Saturn coming back into your life. And I've heard lots of people talk about it on podcasts and talk about all of the change that happens. And so I've been trying to calculate mine and I find it kind of frustrating actually, because I've put my birthday and where I was born in the time into different calculators and different ones say different things, which is not helpful. I think, however, though, like I think that I have now come out of my Saturn return. I'm hoping that I have according to most of the calculators that I've seen. So my Saturn return was roughly from May, 2022 till January, 2023. Now it's February. So I just came out of it. And my Saturn return was in Aquarius. My Saturn is in Aquarius, if anyone knows what that means. But essentially, I was just kind of reflecting on this because I had it in my one of my notes on my phone that this was like my Saturn return period and I would be coming out of it. And I think it's really interesting because if I think back on the last eight months, there's been like so much that has happened And there's so much change that has happened in a good way, but it was very difficult to go through it at the time. And I think that's like exactly what your Saturn return is. And a lot of times when I hear other people talking about it, they say that if you're resistant to the change that is coming up for you during this period of your life, it's only going to make this period of your life harder. And this can be for anything. So this can be like moving to a new place, buying a house, getting a dog, somebody passing away, maybe you have to quit your job, maybe you break up with somebody or go through a divorce or marriage or have a kid or or lose somebody, anything like that, like these major life kind of decisions and things that happen to us. It just talks a lot about that and talks about resisting it. And I just find it so interesting. So I'm hoping according to these calculators that I'm now out of it because eight months is a long time. Like for example, when I calculate my partner's, my fiance's, his, he's in his right now and his is only January and February of this year and then he's done. So he got like a nice little two month blip and I got eight months. (laughs) So I don't think that's fair anyway, but his was also an Aquarius. So it's interesting to kind of just like read about it. 
And there's so many articles online about Saturn return. So if you're interested in yours and you're kind of in the age range of, you know, 27 to 31, or you're ready for your second one, go look it up and look into it. And if you are very well versed in this and you actually have a calculator that you refer to and you recommend to people, please DM me your calculator (laughs) because I want to check because I, and I, it's very front of mind because obviously mine has likely just ended, but I put my dates into a different calculator online and it said it ends March 17th, which is (laughs) the day before I get married. (laughs) So... I'm just like, holy smokes. And not that you can use it as an excuse for anything or anything like that. But if you believe in like astrology at some dimension, at some point, the idea of your Saturn return ending and then the first day without your Saturn back in orbit and it's on its new orbit, you get married. Like, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Is that, I'm just like, I didn't plan that. So... (laughs) I'm hoping that it's done and that's what I'm going with. (laughs) That's what I'm telling myself. But it has been a very interesting Saturn return. This, if you are a listener every week, you probably know everything. There's been a lot that I've transitioned to in the last eight months and a lot of growth and a lot of eye-opening realizations. The first one is is like I decided to move into my business full-time and that will be beginning in March. Actually, it's kind of, honestly, it's beginning in April. I'm going to Costa Rica for March, so it's kind of like a, a write-off. But yeah, that's coming to an end and I'm starting that new beginning of full-time content creator, full-time influencer, full-time podcaster, and really being able to spend time growing my business to the point that I want it to be at. And that whole transformation, that decision was very difficult. Like, I'm losing lots of sleep over this. I'm very stressed about this. And I knew though, like I knew that last year, this time last year, or even before that, I knew that that would be my Saturn return would be coming to terms with the fact that I am meant to create something bigger than myself and I can't do that working for other people. And I'm not saying that being a content creator is the end-all be-all for that mission because it's not. It's working for right now, but that's not the end goal. And I I just find that very interesting that like I knew that and I knew that I would have to go through that transformation of like, okay, let's sit down and let's make a plan. How is this going to work? When am I going to transition out of the other work that I do? When am I, when are we going to get married? When are like, what is this all going to look like? And Yeah, it was, it was really hard. It was honestly, it was really difficult for multiple reasons. And anyone who is a entrepreneur who runs their own business or somehow makes their own income understands this, right? Whether it's a side hustle or whether you have an Etsy store that makes like a hundred dollars a month or something like for you to make that decision of like, oh yeah, this is actually what I want to do full time. I don't need anybody else. I can do this. I believe in myself is massive, massive. And I kind of got to a point, yeah, in honestly, in May last year, in the summer last year, 
where I was like, I don't really have an excuse anymore of why I'm not doing this full time. Because obviously in the beginning, right? Like you, you kind of grow a business and it's small and you kind of make income here and there and it's a side hustle and you're growing. I mean, we're talking online businesses mostly here, but you know, you're growing an audience, you're growing followers and that type of thing. And it takes time. It really does take time. Like when you get to a point where you're making more money than you really need and you're making enough to sustain your lifestyle and save for the future and save for taxes and these different things, like there's no excuse really, right? And so it's taking that step out of your comfort zone to be bold and explore what is out there for you. And I've always felt that if I was able to do my business 100% full-time, it would be better. And I know it will be. Of course it will be. Because imagine like taking your whole brain and putting it towards something every single day with no other distractions. Like, of course it's going to be better. Of course it's going to be better. Of course there's going to be more podcast episodes and more content and better content. And like everything would just, you know, essentially be better. And yeah, I think that was like my difficult transition was going through that, accepting that. And now it's interesting, you know, assuming that I'm out of my Saturn return, it's interesting to think about where I'm at and what I want to do this year and how I'm going to grow the business and that type of thing. I also think there is a part of the Saturn return as well that makes me, and I think this is true for a lot of people, makes you kind of question how things have always been done. Whether that comes from like your family, maybe your family does things a certain way and suddenly you're just kind of like, I don't want to do that. I know there's other options out there for me, or maybe it's society as well. I'm, I've kind of been in that headspace in the last month when I've been thinking about where I would want to raise kids is really challenging. It's really challenging, to be honest. Like it's really, yeah. And I, I don't, I'm in the process of like going through and thinking about all of this stuff. And I, I don't have any specific opinions that I can say right now, but what I can say is that I'm definitely questioning the norm. And I think that is a very typical biohacker thing to do. Very, very typical. I think it's very normal for people in general who are typically like in the wellness space, right? People who question, where do I want to live? What do I want to have access to? What do I want my house to be like? What type of schools do I want my kids to go to? Do I want to homeschool? Do I want them to go to nature school or Waldorf or whatever it is? And so I think I'm just kind of in that point. And I'm not pregnant, you know, I like, but when you start to think of your family that's bigger than yourself, it definitely changes your priorities. And I think that's also normal. So anyway, that's my random rant about my Saturn return that I'm working through. And I'm very excited to spend time in Costa Rica and take time off. I'm really excited to build out digital products for this year. I am very tech savvy and I my whole business is online and I think it always will be. And I have some ideas. <laughs> I have a couple of the ideas that I want to build out probably before the fall. So stay tuned for that. Definitely along the, so- along the lines of optimizing health, optimizing women's health and men as well. 
and what I see is like lacking in the wellness and biohacking space right now. I just think we need more concrete solutions for people that are rooted in holistic approaches and practices that are focused on optimizing health. That sounds like a bunch of jargon, but it makes sense in my head. <laughs> um, and and I have a couple of ideas of digital products that I want to produce that are in line with that because I think optimizing your health is the most important thing. And so that's what I am going to be working on. Today's podcast episode is an interview. I kind of took a break from interviews, as you have seen. I've done a bunch of personal episodes recently, and I will continue to mix up my episodes. So stay tuned for those. This one is great. I talked to Sophie. She is a fellow nutritionist, and we kind of just talked about women's health and hormones and all sorts of things. I love talking with nutritionists because I am one and I, I understand And I always find it interesting what their approach to nutrition is, especially for people who aren't in the biohacking space, because I think biohacking is very, almost like a Western A-price diet. It's very organ meats and really healthy animal protein sources and paleo kind of feel, a little bit of keto maybe, whereas like there's a lot of other circles in the wellness world that are more focused on being vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian, Mediterranean diet. And I don't really see that discussion in biohacking as much anymore. So it's interesting talking to nutritionists and kind of being like, okay, like, what do you think about this? So that's kind of what today is just two nutritionists hanging out, chatting all things women's health, which I love to do. A shout out to the sponsors of this week who make this show possible. So first and foremost, Silver Biotics. Thank you so much. I've talked about them a million times, but guys, I'm serious. If you have any type of skin irritation and you think that you need to get rid of the bad microbes, bacteria, viruses that are causing it, you want to use silver. Silver kills the bad guys and leaves the good guys. And that's saying a lot because if you use some sort of like antibiotic cream, it certainly does not do that. And silver, this like silver biotics, their products apply for skin, but also ears and orally. Like you can take their liquid supplement and swirsh, like swirl it in your mouth, spit it out, that type of thing. They have a bunch of different things. And so this is one of my go-tos If I had a first aid, like a natural first aid cabinet, Silver Biotics products would be everywhere in it because I just rely on them. And I think that they're so useful. Also shout out to Bioptimizers. I took their sleep supplement last night. Speaking of, I actually think I take some of their products every single day. I took the magnesium today. I gave my fiance their digestive enzymes on the weekend when he had pizza and beer when I wasn't home, which he does (laughs) when I'm not home, just to support his digestive system. So I love their products. They always produce the best of the best. And I rely on them a lot, to be honest. Like I really do use them in different places in my life. I'm really, really enjoying their new sleep product right now. It is making me pass out which is so good. So essentially it's precursors to melatonin. It's not melatonin itself. And I really support that because I think melatonin can kind of cause issues for some people. 
And last but not least, spermidine. This is like the OG biohackers supplement. If you're not on spermidine, you need to be ASAP. I use spermidine from the company Spermidine Life. I use, what do I use? I use their extra plus one right now, which has 1300 milligrams of spermidine in it. And when I tell you that my hair and my nails are growing so fast from this, I am not kidding. So this helps trigger autophagy in the body, which is basically the cellular renewal process. And you don't have to do any of the other, necessarily any of the other healthy practices that do this. So typically autophagy is triggered with things like fasting or certain types of exercise, but you can help trigger this process through taking spermidine. So I love it. I think it's great for detoxing. I think it's great for cellular health and the bonus of the hair and the nails. Yes, please. So that is, those three companies are my OGs. Like they're my favorite and I will link them in the show notes. You can also go to my website, biohackingbrittany.com. I have a shop page with all of my favorite brands right there for you. Just click it, use it and go for it. If you have any questions about today's episode, message me on Instagram. That is where I'm most active. However, I'm also on TikTok, of course. I'm on YouTube. I think I'm on every single platform possible. Yes, I actually think I am on every single platform possible. I would say so. Mm, unless, ugh, this be real, but I don't really use be real anymore. I don't think anybody does. So stay tuned for next week when I do another podcast episode and plenty more to come. Enjoy. Welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. I am so excited that you are joining me today. Today is going to be fun. I am talking to a fellow nutrition health coach. As a nutritionist myself, I always find it interesting to collaborate and hear from other people in this space. So I have Sophie. Yeah, Sophie Texera. You are a French nutrition chef and like I said, certified integrative nutrition health coach an entrepreneur based in Miami. So welcome. Yes. Thank you. It's an honor. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so excited that you're here. So I am super curious, like I am a registered holistic nutritionist and obviously you're in this space as well. Like I said, what is your approach to nutrition? Just generally speaking. Well, I think my approach to nutrition is different from perhaps other approaches. When you approach nutrition with diets, this is where the trouble comes. This is my belief. I don't approach nutrition with the mindset of dieting because for me, diets don't work. I'm sure you'll, uh, <laughs> you'll agree with me on that. And I think what sets me aside from other potential, um, other, you know, nutritionists is my love for food, my love for cooking. I don't know if you know, but I'm also getting a certification in uh, culinary arts, which means that after that, I'll have the both hats of a nutritionist chef and of a nutrition health coach and a chef, which together brings me to uh, to what makes me particular. It's my, plus the fact that I'm French, it's the making food, making healthy food taste good. I think it's, yeah, that's the bottom line. I I see the look on people's face when they are told they have to remove, 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 remove this from their diets. And my I come with an approach where they add food to their diets. And that will slowly help them crowd out naturally the processed, sugary, and full of bad fats foods that are out there. So I guess that's, that would be my uh, approach. And it's, it's to be fun and sustainable. Yeah, I like that a lot. I mean, 
there's so many different beliefs in terms of is it more impactful to add healthy food in or is it more impactful to remove unhealthy food? And like, obviously you want to do both, but for the general public and most people, it's pretty difficult to stick to a diet long-term. And I know this as well. And I'm sure your clients, my clients all kind of face this. So how did you kind of get to a point where you developed this approach that's not necessarily anti-dieting, it's just like looking at food differently? I think what you said is very true. There's a, it's not, it's a bit of both. It's removing as well as adding. And what people don't know is by adding more, you change your gut microbiome, which in turns make you crave less of the bad stuff. But this is a process. So that's, that's just to your point right there. What I came, I developed what I called a reset meal plan, which is a, a method, a system of eating for a period of time. But you can, you can do that 80% of the time, you know, a, Diets are good for a short period of time, but you need to have, you need to be excited by what you're going to eat. And with that, I'm, I'm not a plant-based aficionado. I love plant-rich food, but I'm not 100% strictly plant-based. And I'm sure I've heard you before. I love your podcast and I know that you follow me on that. I think clean sources of animal protein are, are necessary in that journey. But my thing, what I created was with I started coaching people back in 2019. And what I realized is that I loved to make it sim- simple for them, to simplify. And the morning, what, what should I eat for breakfast? At lunch, what should I eat? At dinner, what should I eat? I thought that, I thought that this was mostly what people were coming to me with. They were clueless. They were bombarded with information, what you should, what you should not eat. And slowly through my coaching program, I saw myself always almost simplifying what they should eat for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And in with, at heart, you know, sleeping better, digesting better, having losing, you know, weight, the stubborn weight, and in general, feeling more energetic. And I realized that I was teaching them over and over how to create fantastic smoothies in five minutes, how to create nutritious lunch bowls in 10 minutes, how to create soups that don't taste bland like most healthy food do. And slowly I realized that there is something that comes back and that I do myself when I want to reset is going towards a, a fully, you know, nutritious smoothie in the morning, a very, a, a lunch bowl that is mainly raw food because your digestive fire is bigger at, at lunchtime. And then more going towards cooked food, lightly cooked food in the evening and sometimes processed into soups for ease of digestion. And that led me to create my two programs that I have online, which are the five-day reset meal plan and the three weeks clean eating program, where there I reintroduce some uh, some animal protein and I tell them how. But this, I think the key to that is that I was a busy woman, like we all are, a type A personality, achieving, achieving, <laughs> wanting to be perfect in everything I do, which I then <laughs> stop back and... I'm a bit more uh, relaxed about that, but I wanted to create th- something that doesn't mean that you're going to spend three hours in the kitchen because nobody has the time. I wanted it to be simple, full of flavors. It, I guess it's my French culinary uh, background, full of flavors using herbs and spices a lot and something that you're excited to, to make for yourself because that's what I find is lacking in, in the modern diet. And there's no right or wrong. There's a lot of things that you can try within the food, within the whole food panel, you know, all the fruits and vegetables that are out there. There's how you go for your grocery shopping, which was very important, what you stack in your pantry and your fridge and your freezer. 
and I, I love to accompany people to, uh, to guide them to slowly make small changes to slowly feel better. I think the small changes is important. You'll agree with that, I'm sure, because otherwise it's not sustainable. Yeah, absolutely. I love your approach. It sounds very whole foods based, also just like very holistic, you know, healthy fats, healthy protein, healthy sources of carbs. And obviously there's people who like debate on what's healthy and what isn't healthy, but I do really like what you said. And do you ever do any like cyclical eating in terms of like seasonal, like even myself, like I, I don't really follow it to a T, but I just notice naturally that I kind of just eat more root vegetables and warmer foods in the winter. And then in the summer, I'm like eating way more fruit and salads. And like, I don't even touch a potato for three months, you know? Yes, that's right. And you notice how you don't even cook that much in the summer. You just combine food, you chop and you combine them and you want more I guess it's more the warming foods in the summer, uh, in the winter, the spices, the sweet potatoes, the squashes. And plus, when you understand that because they're seasonal, they're much more loaded with vitamins and minerals, then it all makes sense. I think I, I love to teach people how to use their, their fork as a weapon of choice when it comes to their health. It's what you eat every day, what you choose to eat every day has an impact on how you feel, your energy, everything. And so even more so when food are in season, definitely. Or locally, you know, you go to your local market and you know how they've been grown and you know that it's not putting more toxins into your body. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think there's something to be said about, you know, obviously following some sort of nutrition plan that works for you. And, you know, maybe you're sensitive to lactose, so you don't have dairy or whatever it is. But I think there's also something to be said about being intuitive and if you naturally are more interested in salads in the summer and in the winter, like the idea of leafy greens just isn't doing it for you. Like that's okay. You don't have to be like so dogmatic about it where you have to stick to this specific meal plan and diet and you have to eat these things and it doesn't feel like nourishing and good. I think we do need to kind of tap into ourselves and kind of see what we are gravitating towards as well. I completely agree. And this is called bio-individuality. We were all made different. We all have a set of genes that differ from, you know, your friend, your uh, your husband. My husband can metabolize coffee or he's very good with coffee and sleeps like a baby. I couldn't. And I a wake up call with that. I was living on coffee and I was sleeping very, very poorly, having insomnia and everything. Once I slowly cut off coffee completely, it's been five years now and replace it with other alternatives my sleep has restored. I sleep restoratively. And this is, for me, sleep is the key to wellness, is the key to longevity, is the key to the mood, the energy in the, during the day. So what I meant to say is that, yes, we have different sets of genes. So our body don't detoxify the same way that our neighbors, our body don't absorb nutrients the same way. And on top of this, there is your lifestyle and there is what you, uh, the health of your gut, and how some food, even the very healthy ones, can affect you negatively and trigger inflammation in your gut in a certain time of your life, at a certain time of your life. So knowing that's what I love to test. And there is different tests that I love to do with my clients, but testing what food you are sensitive to at the moment. And I'm not saying allergic or anything, but sensitive and removing them just for a while, not, not being scared of them at all, because you'll reintroduce them when you feel better. But that can very, very much improve your health. 
So food sensitivity is a nice one. And also the health of your colon, your intestines is very important, your microbiome. Yeah, I think that's really important. I always try and say like, test, don't guess. I think it's important to test like food sensitivities, like you said, also blood levels, like looking at hormones, vitamin, mineral levels, and also microbiome. So like I get tested through Viome. I don't know if you've ever used Viome. Yes, I've done that. That was the first one I did on my own at home. Nice. I really liked the way it's done. Yeah, I, I love Viome. I've worked with them quite a bit. And that's fantastic because obviously they have recommendations based off of what your gut microbiome is saying. But I think the thing that I came up against and when I was seeing clients, what people come up against was like, okay, so you do this like Viome test and it gives you these recommendations on what to eat and not eat. And then you get your blood tested and it's like giving you recommendations of what to eat and not eat. And so like, how are you supposed to create this meal plan or nutrition plan for yourself that supports your biomarkers, but also supports your microbiome at the same time and also doesn't have any food sensitivities in it, right? Like it's so layered in terms of like optimal nutrition for each person that it's actually not as like simple as one might think. And I would, the first thing that, that comes to mind is that don't overstress about it, around this. Get your Viome results and you'll have those superfoods for you. Print them, put them on your, on your, in your kitchen and you'll know that you should eat a lot of that. Put them in your, in your grocery cart next time you go. And, and then you have those that are highlighted red. Again, that means at this time in your life, it doesn't mean that in one year you can't eat them again. And that's, it's super important for me because people get, completely scared about some food that are actually very healthy in general. So just at this time of your uh, your life, remove them. But again, if you have some by mistake, it's not a big thing. And again, when you have, I don't, the, the one that I feel the least comfortable doing is the FODMAP diet. It's incredible because it removes all those food that are so healthy in, in general for a period of time. And this is the one that I find a lot of people feel very frustrated. So I don't do that. I don't like doing this, to be honest. And then you, you mentioned intuitive eating. It's adding more of those superfood that will work for you and understanding how to make them taste amazing so that you're satisfied and you don't look at what you're eating like it's a punishment, you know? If you're looking for the newest cutting edge products to push your brain and body to the outer limits of what's possible, then you should stop what you're doing and check out Newtopia the most powerful bespoke nootropics on the market today. These nootropic stacks are taking the industry by storm because they're safe, legal, and highly effective. You see, every stack was formulated by a man who's the most advanced brain chemist and nootropics formulator alive today. Even better, every formula is customized for you based on your strengths, weaknesses, and goals so you get exactly what you need. Taking the right formulas at the right times can help you focus intensely, block out distractions, reduce stress and anxiety, enhance your creativity, boost your memory, and a whole lot more. You'll be amazed how quickly they work. Within 15 to 30 minutes, you should begin to feel and notice the mental effects. And here's the best part. These formulas come with a full one-year guarantee. Wow, that's crazy. So there's zero risk to you to try them yourself. That's crazy. A one-year guarantee. Wow. So here's the deal. If you feel like you're not fully maximizing your potential, both personally and professionally, then you owe it to yourself to try Newtopia's formulas. 
Simply go to www.newtopia.com slash Brittany and use biohacking Brittany to receive 10% off any order. That is newtopia.com slash Brittany and use biohacking Brittany to receive 10% off any order. Yeah, I I agree with that. I think it's tough. Like I, I think it does. I think it's important to take these recommendations and make some sort of like healthier nutrition plan for yourself and ideally work with like a professional like you and to like create so meals people- around the food that you can eat for sure mm-hmm. and get them easy for you to create. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Do you think that like, what do you think about when people say everything in moderation or like balance is key? Like, do you agree with that? Or do you feel like that isn't really going to move the needle for your health? I think it's hard for me to answer this. In general, I think that too much of one thing, like you are told that eating papaya somehow is very good for your gut. So you you become this addict about papaya and you eat that every single morning and breakfast. For me, or chia seeds, the next big thing. So you eat chia every day. I think this can have a negative impact. I really believe in the variety. I also think, so to, I, to, to that end, I would say that a balance and a variety is good. And one thing in excess can lead to issues. However, I also think that doing thing, doing something one day won't move the needle. So once you have your, your plan and your, your food, add them almost regularly, almost daily to your diet, because this is when good thing will happen. Do you understand the difference? I think it's what I try to get people to understand. It's not what you do one day that matters. It's what you do every day or 80, 20%. I don't know who who started this, but I think it's pretty good. Don't cut out completely all the processed food. You can, you will be able to have one piece of cake at a birthday party and enjoy it, plan it, go for it. But most of the time, no, don't eat those baked food that will just drive your insulin crazy and yeah, that this is this would be my answer. I don't know if it's a, <laughs> it's a good enough. No, one. I get it because I struggle with this as well, especially when it comes to things like dessert. And I'm talking like processed dessert and or like alcohol, right? And you know, so many times in the circles I'm in, or when I go home and see my families, it's like, oh, everything in moderation, it's fine, and it's kind of like used as this excuse almost. And then I, I look at these people who are saying these things and also sometimes they're strangers and, you know, depends if I'm at an event or whatever. And I kind of just question, I'm like, okay, you're saying everything in moderation and you're having like two or three glasses of wine tonight. Okay. So when was the last time you had wine? Oh, you had it last weekend. And oh, okay. You actually drink every weekend or, you know, have a glass of wine every night. And I just kind of question this idea of moderation and like, what even is that? Yeah. Yes, I completely agree with you. It's almost an excuse for not changing anything. And if you want to, it's about how bad do you want to feel good, you know? And sometimes those people who say that, yeah, in moderation, I understand that exactly with the examples, the example you gave, they won't change their health really. They won't, it won't move the needle enough because it means also that they're not ready. When I hear people say, oh no, I don't want to quit my coffee or, oh no, I don't want to quit my glass of wine. I know that it's going to be hard to, to coach them, and but I, it goes back to why you want to change. If your why isn't strong enough, you won't make the little changes that will make the difference. And if you, I have a friend who stopped drinking completely, and I mean we're forty years old, we're still going out, and we and wine is associated, especially in France, with a good time with friends, you know. And it can be very, very 
rare and precious. But he said to me, he's a coach too, and he said it impacts so much my next mo the morning after, my mood, my everything, my energy. I, I hate so much who I am the next day that now it, it's enough. And he stopped drinking in August. And I, I was speaking with him last weekend and he said, no, I'm still there. I'm like, how can you manage? But I was very impressed. And he did it because he knew that for him. And I spoke to his wife, who's like, I have my husband back, you know, and it's very nice. Socially, it's a bit, it's not that fun anymore. And not, and, and again, he finds ways to still be his, he has so much energy now that he can still be funny and everything and interesting and so it's his thing and he stopped and I'm really proud of him for that. I'm really impressed. And I think when you want the way I quit cigarettes and coffee five years ago, it was a huge thing for me, but I did it first almost naturally and because my why was so strong. And trust me, now that I sleep much more like a baby, I would never go back to that. So yeah. Yeah, I love that example. I think I think it's really important. My personal belief is like there's actually a lot of people who are I don't want to say like, I think they're just kind of actually like low-key alcoholics without really understanding it and realizing it. And I've slowly been moving away from alcohol. So I'm 29 now. I started moving away from alcohol probably three years ago and would just do like multiple months every year where I wouldn't drink. And now I'm not fully like, you know, sober, but I, you know, I didn't drink in the fall and now I'm not drinking until March. And my goal is to get to a point where I only drink on occasions. So every year, maybe there's, you know, let's say 12 dates out of the year. So it's like birthdays and Christmas and New Year's. And it's like, it's part of the celebration is like, oh, I'm going to have this wine or champagne or it's someone's wedding. Right. And because before this, I was at a point where, I was drinking every weekend before I started moving away from alcohol. And it got to the point where I know this is such a side tangent, but it got to a point where every Friday night, I, it would be like clockwork where I would go and have a drink and it would feel like not, I felt like I couldn't relax into my weekend without that drink. And that's when I knew I was like, oh, this is a substance that isn't actually serving me anymore. And like, I don't want to rely on it like this. And a lot of people actually do that when they come home from work, right? Like come home from work. First thing they do, pour themselves a glass of wine. You hear like, that all the time. I need my drink. I need my drink. Yeah. It's Friday night. I need it. I, I know. And it's, it's scary. I think it's knowledge is power. And when you, when you teach people what are the effects of, of alcohol, and again, they try to hide behind the, oh no, I don't drink regularly. And then when you dig, you understand that they drink regularly, but it leads to estrogen dominance, low testosterone, anxiety, liver issues, you know, amongst others. And, but it's latent. It's almost there, but it's not perceivable. And trust me, I'm, I'm, I've passed my forties now. And I think 40 was the, was the time where you realize that your body, you're paying the bill. And what you could do in your 20s and your 30s, you can't really do anymore, especially after having three, having had three kids and all the, the things that go with it and the low thyroid issues. And the, so, so it's whether or not you want to have the rest of your life feeling good and full of energy or not. And yes, it, if it means, slowing down and remove it and almost uh, considering it a very and planning it you know this weekend it's a specific event i'm gonna enjoy that and in in moderation <laughs> i mean not have a full bottle but yes especially i think you you're getting married soon right yeah in march 
Yes, and you're probably planning for your children and all that. For the reproductive health, alcohol is just not your friend. And yes, and you know, the bad thing is that it also, it depends on our genes. And some people will get away with it and won't have any problem, but some people will. So knowing that is also another factor of, of determination for quitting, quitting or... As a biohacker and somebody who is just super into health, especially on a cellular level, I really, really value autophagy. And there's different ways to trigger autophagy, like fasting. But as someone who, you know, is very wary of her hormones and menstrual cycle right now, fasting every single day isn't something I am currently looking at doing. However, you can trigger autophagy through taking spermidine. So I take spermidine from a company called Spermidine Life. I talk about them on my social media as well. And essentially, I take two of their supplements every single day. Autophagy is the cellular renewal process that happens. And when you take spermidine, you are helping to trigger this to happen more often and more frequently. And so basically, you are getting healthier, more active, cleaner cells, and kind of killing off and getting rid of the ones that are sluggish and old. And we really, really do want to help this process and let it happen more naturally in the body, but we can also support it through taking spermidine. This process decreases as we age, so it actually gets more and more important that we you know, bring in things like a spermidine supplement to support it. You also notice a difference about two to three months after taking spermidine every single day in your hair, skin, and nails. It has made my hair grow. My nails are so long right now. Seriously, they are so long, and it really helps you have glowing, healthy skin. So it helps with longevity. It helps with cleaning up your cells, and it helps with all of the beauty things that we all care about. You can try spermidine. I suggest it. They even have a subscription. So you just sign up for a subscription and then you don't even have to think about it. It just gets delivered to your house. Isn't that so easy and smart? I take their current one that's called Extra Plus. This has 1300 milligrams of Selvio wheat germ extract in it, which is the spermidine. You can go to my website, www.biohackingbrittany.com, go to my shop page and click to Spermidine Life right there. Use my link, use my discount code, which is Brittany in all capitals, and you will get a discount on everything. They even have powder forms you can add to water. They have stronger forms, which I'm taking right now, or you can take the basic formula. There's lots of different options for you. And it will be linked in the show notes of this podcast episode as well. So go right now, try Spermidine Life if you want to enhance your autophagy, support your longevity, and also get some hair, nails, and skin benefits. I know you also specialize in like women's health in general. So how do you see, I guess like what's your typical conversation with a woman these days about nutrition and dieting and everything that we're talking about? Well, it's, I guess, well, at first I love working with women because well, I'm one of them. I've been through issues myself and I like to see where they are. Am I talking to, a, you know, a younger person, a person who's in pre-menopause or after menopause and, and seeing where they are because you don't, you take them where they are and then you see how they, how they eat. What is the, I love starting the conversation with what's your typical day? 
tell me what your typical day. And don't lie, don't, I'm here, you know, open. Just tell me everything, even the things you're not proud of. And I see a lot of fear about fats. And I'm sure you've noticed that too, you know, the fear about fats. And this is something, you, you know, your hormones, they need the cholesterol. The cholesterol is the precursor for hormones. They need the healthy fats. Your cells need fats, everything, your brain. So the first mistake I see is that they're all cutting down on fat. And plus, when you do that mostly, and when you consume processed food, there, yes, there is less fat, but there's much more sugar and, and other stuff in there. So the fear of fat is one thing that I try to slowly change in their mind. I also, when they're older, I also liked, and I, I don't know why I say that, I work a lot with a, a bit older women, my age and, and older, and I like to, without knowing if they have sensitivities or anything, I like removing gluten and dairy. And I like talking to them about how much sugar is in their diet daily, how much refined sugar. And most of them don't really know because it's hidden, of course, how much trans fats and all these things that are hidden processed food to make them taste amazing. So I have this conversation. I also understand where they are with their supplement uh, routines and whether with their morning and evening routine, what they do when they wake up, when they do when they go to sleep. A lot of them have come to me with issues with late night, late night snacking, you know, the comforting, watching Netflix with something in your hands and eating, you know. And this is something that slowly, what everything they will add during the day will slowly crowd out the need for that in the evening. And this is one of the worst thing you can do for your health and your hormonal balance is that late night, late night snacking of processed food. So... I, there, there's different things. It depends what their issue is, what their, what they came, why they came to me in the first place. Is it their sleep? Is it their digestion? Is it their energy? They're, they're exhausted, you know, most of them. And this is where I started. I was losing all my hair. I lost half of my hair. I was exhausted. I was feeling miserable. My mood, I was irritable. I have three kids. I was terrible mom. <laughs> All this, and it all happens at once, and you're submerged by all this. And plus, when that happens, you reach out for the bad food and the comfort food. So I had to make a change in this. And I, and the, the, really the turning point for me was my training at uh, the, in, the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and then all the spe specialization in gut health and hormonal health. Because this is, after a month into it, I was like, this is it. This is what I want to do for my, this is my passion. This is so, this has changed so much for me that I need to spread the word. I need to, uh, to tell people one person at a time. I love that. I love that you took your personal experience and just decided to help other women. I think that's really important. And I think it's a great place to start with, you know, what are women eating? What are they actually eating right now? There's so much, and like, obviously, as you know, like there's so much fear around food, you know, good food versus bad food. And it's really confusing. Like, I think it is really confusing. Even I get confused with it, you know, and it's also just very overwhelming. So I, I think it's awesome that you're able to support women in the way that you do. And make them feel less, less guilty, you know, Let, explain to them that this happens to most of us, that this happened to me as well. This, this, and it's okay. But once you, but this is what you can do to change. And I think the stress is huge. And the link between the stress and your gut microbiome and your mood and everything is unheard. I mean, people start to understand it or to know that stress can negatively impact your health, but it does it. It's so true. I mean, it does it in such a way that the simple little things that you can add every day, 
even five minutes, even a warm, a hot bath, even a, a walk outside, drinking mushroom coffee, you name it, you know, having adaptogens in your regimen and some magnesium glycinate at night before you go to bed, all these little things, they can help. And once you see a little change, you're able to, uh, to jump on board, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of dedication, but I think when you have a goal in mind and it's, you, you have a strong why, then that's really, really when you see results. So like that could be as simple as like you just wanting to show up as a better partner or a better mom and the way that you do that is through eating healthier food because you have better energy and you're not crashing anymore. Like, I think just holding on to your why is like the most important thing. And it's individual, obviously, for everybody. So if someone's listening to this and they are struggling with their diet and their nutrition and they're trying to keep on track, and maybe they're just even starting out with like eating healthy, where do you recommend women or people in general start? I think there is, I, I like, I have 10 steps. If you have time, I can, <laughs> I can simplify yeah. that. But these are the 10 things that they can start doing and we take them you know, one week at a time almost. And once you implement it, it becomes easy and then you can move to the next one. It's not specifically in order, but it's 10 things that can really move the needle and that all, that every everybody can start doing. The first thing is the, I'm, I'm going to start with the most difficult, I guess. It's to address inflammation in the gut. So I like to teach them to remove gluten, dairy, refined sugar, trans fat. That means, okay, look at your cupboards, look at your fridge, all these packaged food, let's try and, and, and go on the outskirt of your grocery aisles, you know, where the fresh food is and put more of that into your basket. Go to the clean section of, to the section of clean animal protein and build. So bring into your homes things that are less packaged and stay away from gluten and dairy and explaining to them, you know, the big culprits in this area, because sometimes it's a bit blurry for them. So that's the first th thing. And it can really just start, of debloat, uh, start to debloat you instantly. I, uh, the number two would be probiotic and probiotic foods to replenish the good gut bacteria. Once you've removed the trigger for inflammation, adding more good gut bacteria with probiotic foods, you know, the kimchi, the, the tempeh, the, all the sauerkraut. I love teaching them how to make that. It's delicious. Having, adding more of that. The sprouted as well. You know, the, all the microgreens, you can buy that easily. I like to grow my own with a, I don't know if you have that in, it's called Hamama, it's a brilliant brand. And they send you, they send to your house some small pallets of seeds. You put them in the water. In 10 days, you have some sprouts that taste amazing. You add them to your salads. So these, all these really help with detoxification and especially estrogen detoxification. So the probiotics and re-nourishing your gut is the next one. See how much I, I think the gut is important in this. Uh, and balancing your plate very simply. Half of it should be vegetables. 25% roughly should be some protein and 25% complex carbs, fibers, and always add some form of healthy fats in the, in, you know, avocado, olive oil, coconut. I think you'll like me for saying the number four, it's to drink more water, <laughs> to drink more, just to hydrate. And it's as simple as buy, buy yourself a drinking a bottle, um, you know, a bottle that you bring everywhere and that you refill throughout the day or have a mug that you like that you, you bring your green tea or your mushroom coffee and or when you sit at your desk to work, you have that at hand. And slowly without thinking, most of us are not 
thirsty. So we have to be uh, reminded to drink. And this really, really, really can help with constipation and with a lot of, and your brain and your, you're more focused. So it's as simple as that, but I think it's necessary on my list. Staying away from coffee and alcohol for the reasons that we uh, we explained, and especially coffee, when your coffee can disturb your appetite levels, your sleep, your digestion. So whenever I see people with sleep issues, I like to, uh, to go down this route and have a morning routine. Have a morning routine that is simple. Lemon water, your vitamin C, at least 1,000 milligrams, and don't skip breakfast. And I don't know, not everyone will agree with me, but every time I've reintroduced breakfast in clients who came to me saying, yeah, I intermittent fast, I'm super good, I, I can skip breakfast. I see a whole lot of bad habits that build throughout that day, you know, being more hungry, reaching out for things later throughout the day. So I always love to reintroduce, move your body is a strong one for me and, and do it in the morning. I have my tonal. I don't know if you know tonal. It's a bit like Peloton. I have my tonal in my in a special room in my house, and it's uh, non-negotiable for me. I do thirty minutes per day of, you know, it can be very low intensity Pilates or or a bar method or anything strength training. Depending on where I am in my cycle, I like to uh, to do different type of exercise. That's for another podcast. And also, another one is snack with intention. So if you like listen to your hunger clues, if you are hungry, yes, plan for plan a snack, but don't just open the fridge and browse and take what's there or plan for healthy stuff to be in there. And this is what I, I accompany. I guide women to create, you know, chia pudding or hummus. And these are pick-me-ups that will nourish you as opposed to destroy your health. So snack with intention. And eat dinner early. I know it's very sociable or social, uh, it's very social, like having dinner early, but this is something that we can really, really change. So it's almost doing intermittent fasting the other way, and especially for women. So for men, it works pretty good to skip breakfast and do intermittent fasting in the morning. For women, I find that Having an early dinner, um, it depends on, on what your, uh, your schedule is, but seven o'clock max and not eating anything before breakfast will do several things. Not eating late night snacks again, and it will help you uh, be more in tune with your circadian uh, rhythm and you will sleep better. You will have less cravings. It can do a lot of good things for you. So eat dinner early if you can. I'd say during the week, Monday to Friday, you can try that maybe Monday to Thursday. Monday to Thursday. <laughs> Let's be honest. And my last one is, and should be the first one, it's prioritize your sleep. And for me, it means my sleep was key. So I even changed my mattress and I sleep with a with an amazing bed that I can't wait to go back to every day. So that has changed a lot. I have far less pain in my back and stuff like this. And also decide that you don't watch any screen at least half an hour before you go to bed. I don't have a, a phone in my bedroom. I charge it in my bathroom and I always put it on um, flight mode. I like to read a book for the last 20 minutes whenever uh, I want to sleep well. I like to, sleep, uh, to read a book or have a hot bath with Epsom and baking soda and some essential oils. So I do that for myself. It's almost like a routine. I don't do that every day, but when I know I need to sleep well, when I know I need energy the next day, when I want to do, it's almost having a toolbox and pulling those tools out whenever you need to feel good. 
And these things are necessary, but using blue light blockers, if you have to watch a movie, you know, because it will impact your melatonin production, all these lights at a late time in the day. So I'm prioritizing my sleep and this is a very important step in my health. I kid you not when I say that I use the mineral silver every single day. I love to sauna just like a typical biohacker and I love to go to the steam room and I am very concerned about the bacteria in some of these places. I have kind of been dealing with this rash on my legs that kind of comes and goes. I've, you know, talked about this on my podcast before and Silver actually helps so much with this because it breaks down and kills any bad bacteria, viruses, microbes, anything on the surface. I use the cream and the gel from Silver Biotics to help my skin for this very reason. But it's not just for rashes. People use silver for ear infections, taking it as a supplement, using it as a mouthwash, using it for toe fungus, anything like that where there's like some bad microbes that need to basically be, you know, died and killed off in order for the other ones, the good ones to survive. So that's what silver does. I love taking it and I honestly use it every single day. Silver Biotics also makes a fantastic supplement, liquid supplement, where you can take a teaspoon to a tablespoon a day and it really boosts your immune system in this way. Make sure you check them out. They are linked on the shop page on my website at biohackingbrittany.com and use my discount code with them, biohackingbrittany, to get a discount on all of their products, the cream, the gel. They also have a toothpaste, the supplement, all of it. That is linked on my website and in the show notes of this podcast. And my discount code is biohackingbrittany. I love that. I mean, those are such good steps. I I definitely follow very similar things, basically everything that you said myself. I think it's great to work with a professional because it can be so overwhelming to hear like, oh, I have to do 10 steps every day to be healthy. You know what I mean? But it's really gradual, right? Like you start with one thing. And it's exactly, it's a process. And it's going towards that as a goal, you know? And none of this is is incredibly hard to achieve. I'd say the, the most confusing is the gluten and dairy removal for sure. But once you discover the problem with diets and healthy food perception is that it's boring and bland. You know, it's not when you learn how to combine food, when you learn to simply associate flavors and cook. I mean, there's a difference between cooking a soup that with the same ingredients, cooking a soup that will taste disgusting and cooking a soup that you'll want to make over and over for the rest of the week, you know? And, but when you have that in mind and I, and I, that's my passion to show them. And then I see the, the effect on, in them, they send me those pictures of the food that they made and they're so happy. And slowly they don't need me anymore. You know, they know how to intuitively cook, how to do their grocery shopping in a way. And it's not perfect. Nobody, I'm not perfect. I like to have uh, some things that are bad, considered bad every now and then, but it's very rare. And I know I'm paying the bill for that. But most of the time, I love and I'm obsessed with food. You know, I cook uh, even Saturday and Sunday morning. I wake up before everybody else and I'm creating new new dishes, you know, in my uh, in my kitchen. So yes, I'm a bit obsessed. But uh, <laughs> I love to transfer that that energy and that love for food to people so that they don't see it as a diet, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. It becomes more of a lifestyle and just kind of 
something that you bring in every single day and you get used to it, right? Like you really do. Once you make the commitment and you figure out how to make it work for you personally, you definitely, you definitely get used to it. You'll want more of it. And the good thing is that once you've had the courage to last a few weeks, a few months, then you'll see how much less uh, bad food you'll crave, how much less you'll see the results. And the problem is, uh, or the hard part is that at first, and it depends where you're coming from, but when you're used to a highly processed diet, when you start my way of eating, which is the your way as well, it's there's a lot of migraines or withdrawal effect, you know, a bit like when you stop coffee and you have to trust the process and go through that phase that you're not feeling as good because your gut microbiome is adapting and recreating. And you, you have to understand and, and trust us almost the experts that it's going to feel much better afterwards. Yep. I agree with you. So if you had to give any last piece of advice to everybody listening nutrition wise, what would you say or what do you typically like to yeah, give people and let people know? Well, on top of what I just said, I'd say don't be afraid of healthy fats. Know what healthy fats are and add them slowly into your diets. Yeah, because your body needs it. And don't be don't eat salads. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm gonna end with this. Don't eat salads. <laughs> And when I say that is that don't, people think, yeah, I'm good. I'm going to have a salad for lunch. So just basically leafy green. I love leafy greens and they're amazing, but add health promoting stuff into your salad that will make it sustainable, that, that will make you sustained until dinner. Because the worst is to, if you eat just a small salad that doesn't have protein in it, that doesn't have healthy fat, you will not, you will, and I will, if I do that, be hungry in three hours. You, it will be much more difficult for you not to reach out for the bad stuff. So you're making your, your life harder. So eat more at lunch. Don't skip breakfast. Eat more at lunch and go and have an early, lighter dinner. I think that would be my I conclusion. love that. <laughs> yeah. Don't eat salads unless there's a ton don't of healthy fat and protein <laughs> added. Don't just listen to this podcast right now. Just listen to the whole thing because it's in perspective. But uh, yeah, don't eat salads. Yeah, exactly. I mean, bowls are just much better than salads in terms of like quinoa and like some sort of, you know, olive oil and like just chicken and whatever else, you know. Think of it as nutrient density. Create something that nutrient dense and delicious. Exactly. Awesome. So if people want to connect with you, if they want to work with you, how can they, how can they do that? Well, my business is called Root Mindful Nutrition. You can find it in, you can find me on Instagram, root underscore mindful nutrition, or I have a website. It's called root, a small dash, mindfulnutrition.com. And, but the best, the best way is to contact me on Instagram. Everybody's on there. And, and I, if they want, if they don't want to be coached, but they just want a very fun and delicious and nutritious program, they can find it on my Instagram or online and it's called the five-day reset meal plan or if they're a bit more adventurous, the three-week clean eating program. And trust me, it's full of beautiful pictures. It's full of important tips. And after that, you know how to eat and create meals very quickly that are truly nourishing you. I love that. That's awesome. I will definitely put all of that in the show notes and on my website and I'll link to the program as well and your Instagram so people can just find you super easy and connect with you because I know a lot of women and people really do need help in the nutrition space. So that's great. 
Yes, and we're both here for that. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.